Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of No Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I am thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, this week, we are going to be discussing the Supreme Court because it is in the news as of late. Uh, President Trump just nominated a new Supreme Court justice after the announcement that uh, Justice Kennedy is going to be retiring. And Trump picked someone who is certainly not a Gorsuch. Uh, he, that, that was sort of a, a once-in-a-lifetime pick, but certainly not a, a terrible pick either. Um, there are some issues with him that, that will be discussed in this episode. Judge Brett Kavanaugh is Trump's newest and latest pick for the Supreme Court, and he will be going through the Senate confirmation process, which I do believe he will be confirmed uh, with relative ease. There's not too much that, uh, you know, he's a pretty squeaky clean kind of guy. But on this week's episode, I wanted to bring on a Young Voices advocate, as we did last week, um, to discuss sort of the merits and the possible uh, concerns that we should have over having a Justice Kavanaugh. And this week, I bring on Matthew LaRossiere. He is an attorney and a Young Voices advocate, and he is, I thought, the perfect person to discuss this with. So please sit back and relax. Um, and enjoy my interview with Matthew LaRossiere about Judge Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court. All right, Matthew, uh, welcome to Liberty. I am thrilled to have you here, and uh, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, I sure do appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you coming on here. Um, so basically, as you know, we were discussing earlier, I am going to be talking with you about uh, the Supreme Court pick, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, um, that Trump picked on, what was it, Tuesday, I believe? Or I, yeah. I've, I've got my, my well, days Monday mixed was, up here. No, Monday, okay. Um, and there's been a lot of just hysteria and misdirection and confusion as to like what he actually believes, you know, what what this guy actually is. Um, I think there's a little bit of overflating on the on the right and uh, mm-hmm. really on the left as well. Um, but first of all, just tell me really quick, um, basically, what are some of your initial thoughts and, and what were some of your initial reactions whenever you heard that, that this was, in, in fact, uh, Trump's pick? Well, so we were uh, a little disappointed uh, to a certain extent because uh, some of the other picks were, I mean, as somebody who uh, really favors, you know, a a broad reading of individual rights, Mm -hmm. there were some other picks that were looking a little bit better there. But Kavanaugh, I mean, is incredibly well qualified. Um, You know, he served on the D.C. Circuit for 12 years, which is pretty much uh, that's pretty much the second highest court you can serve on. He had a really good record. Um, in many ways, uh, it's just the, the things that, you know, the initial reaction is that, you know, he's, he's not great on the fourth amendment. He's kind of overly, he can be overly deferential to, uh, to police actions and also, uh, presidential executive actions a little bit more than we might like, but, mm-hmm. you know, all things considered a pretty good pick, pretty similar to, uh, Kennedy in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, so nothing really uh, there's there are no alarm bells to be raised, you know. Not, he's brilliant, very well qualified, but in terms of ideology, 
I'd say, pretty average uh, for a uh, conservative-leaning Duras. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, who who were you sort of uh, pulling for whenever before Trump uh, actually announced who it was going to be? I mean, well, so from the 25 lists, uh, well, for no reason other than entertainment, my, my two favorites were uh, Sykes and uh, Willett. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they're both really good about vindicating uh, individual rights, and really entertaining opinions, but, you know, for for whatever I, I think largely the reason we went with uh, that Trump went with Kavanaugh is because I mean you look at the guy on paper and he's pretty much spotless I think that he I think that Trump wants to present himself as a winner you know he really enjoys winning making the right choice having things go through smoothly and I think there was a chance with some of the other picks that there would have been more resistance um, and you know harder confirmation process so I think he might have been able to he might have gone with Kavanaugh to say, look, you know, this guy's got all the credentials, everything's perfect, and that way he has a bit cleaner hands to, to slide him through the, the process. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's discuss some of Kavanaugh's, I, I guess, uh, highlights and, and better qualities. What, what are some of the things that you're really optimistic about this um, Supreme Court pick, uh, assuming, and I, I think it's pretty safe to say that he will be confirmed, um, oh yeah, I completely agree. I think that he's going to sail straight through. Right, and um, with with that being a given, what what are some of the things that uh, you're you're looking forward to having him on the bench? So things to be excited about with Kavanaugh. I mean, and here's the main thing: is it's it's not like there's going to be a major shift in the court because a lot of the things that I can be excited about with Kavanaugh were the same reasons we liked Kennedy. You know, so th- mm-hmm. these are he's got great qualities, but there's not much of a shift. There's not going to be much of a difference. But um, just to say, just like Kennedy, who he clerked for, he has a very, uh, a properly broad understanding of the First Amendment. He's very keen to uh, find speech rights being implicated in a lot of cases. That's good. And that's something that other conservative jurists can be disappointed, uh, disappointing on. Uh, The Second Amendment, he's uh, one of the uh, few judges that have been on record to say that, um, semi-automatic rifles are so prevalent in common use that a ban on them would be presumptively unconstitutional. He wrote that in a dissent uh, in in Heller, so that was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe so that's that, what that one of, of the senators in, I think, Connecticut was, was trying to make a make as one of the reasons why he's going to be a horrible pick. Um, and, right. you know, yeah. that just caused conservative Twitter to... Uh, to explode and and uh, hurrah. Well, like you're saying, I mean, these people blow it out of proportion. And a lot of the same stuff that was being said now, and you see public memory fades pretty quickly with um, these Supreme Court picks because they sure. do happen so rarely. Sure. And really the exact same things that are being said about Kavanaugh now were said back when Kennedy was uh was up for appointment. Mm-hmm. So that's, in, you know, there were people saying that every, you know, every gun law is going to be invalidated, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I like how I'm just very entertained that Kav- what Kavanaugh basically said was maybe the most popular rifle in America can't constitutionally be banned. And that <laughs> makes him a second amendment extremist. Uh, you right. know, it's, that's, that's pretty funny. Right. If you ask and that, that's sort of always the reaction of anyone just slightly right of center that it's it's sort of this end of the world, which it can be the same can be said for anyone slightly left of center um, on the on the right. inverse. 
Um, but right. this sort of doomsday scenario uh, that if if this guy gets nominated and put on the bench, then you know all of our rights are going to be eroded. Um, do you think that that sort of in and of itself presents a, an issue within the the power that the Supreme Court has today? Well, see, the way the Supreme Court has evolved since the 1930s puts it in a very interesting position. Like, it, it never yeah. should have been so convoluted. Right. Because it was only after we started, you know, reverse engineering justifications for government programs that, you know, the Constitution was never written to enable. That's when we started getting all of these, like, insane vagaries and all of these radical shifts in opinion and and um it, you know basically after um the the court packing threat that's when the controversial jurisprudence that continues to today started to develop i think that the court was never designed here's the thing that has to be made completely clear uh clear is that supreme court justices are not supposed to have a party affiliation by their name right that is not what it's designed for it yeah. is not supposed to be a political appointment you know this is supposed to be it, it's supposed to be reading and interpreting legal documents correctly and um it i mean there's always been controversy but i i would say that over the past 60 70 years it's become more outcome oriented and thus more problematic yes Mm -hmm. So uh, I, that actually brings up a, an interesting point. Um, a lot of people say that, uh, as as you and in a way just did, um, you know, uh, Supreme Court justices are supposed to be generally apolitical. Um, but I think people take that to interpret it to mean that they're not supposed to have any underlying philosophy. Right. Um, and I think those are two very different things. Can you just like break down real quick uh, what, in your opinion? the the role um, for philosophical discussion um, that Supreme Court justices are supposed to fulfill in terms of having ideological differences mm -hmm. um, well so the purpose of the Supreme Court is to interpret the law right so then naturally you can have differences in opi of opinion in how what meaning to give terms and and how to interpret gaps, you know, how do you fill in the holes? That's the only place that you should have um, any room for disagreement is when there's a hole, when there's an ambiguity, what needs to be done there. And that, that's the whole point of the English legal system that we have is that, you know, we, we have a, a language that even when under best writing, our language is flawed and it can't perfectly account for every situation. So we need judges to be able to look at the document and determine the original meaning and apply it to the situation at hand. So there are absolutely, there's absolutely room for differences of opinion and how much weight you should give um, the intention of the, like evidence of the intention of the original drafters versus like dictionary definitions versus other court cases. Like that's totally legitimate in the judiciary. What there is not room for is outcome based discussion where stuff like Ginsburg where I mean her opinions don't generally care too much for the history of the law or yeah. the actual text but you can always see where if you can always see where someone is going to come on a situation that's ambiguous I would 
I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be quoted as saying it, but I would say that that's a sign that something's problematic. Yeah. You know, if, if you can, if you can say, oh, you know, that person was appointed by a Democrat, so they're going to always be in favor of Democrat positions. I think the mark of a good jurist is no matter what they're, you know, you're always going to know where somebody is, you know, whether they're left or right. You're always going to have some gut inclination of that. But when they actually go against that in their rulings, because the law says that they have to, and, and Kavanaugh's done that, yeah, uh, which is actually good. And it, he's done a lot of administrative law cases, and he's very uh, critical of the administrations. But when the administrations play by the rules, he has consistently upheld um, their interpretations and their decisions when they, they follow the, the letter of the law, even when it's frankly ridiculous. Uh, so I, I think that's a very good mark uh, for Kavanaugh. Um, for for Kavanaugh, we, we discussed some of his uh, better qualities, um, mm -hmm. including, you know, the Second Amendment, free speech, and, and things like that. What are some areas that, you know, you alluded to earlier that um, we should really be somewhat concerned about how he could possibly rule? Because I've noticed that, like, while this guy is really great on something, he's he's at the same time not a Gorsuch, um, right? So, so what what are some of those areas where we should perhaps keep an eye on him and um, raise some concern? I would definitely say the criminal law, anything involving interactions with police mm -hmm. and qualified immunity. Um, he seems to be of that. Like I was saying, you know, he seems to be of that mainstream conservative thread that is extremely deferential to law enforcement. Um, I don't want to say that he, in some of the, his decisions, he, you know, sometimes he's great and, and puts all of these original documents, original meaning of the constitutional provisions. But then when it's the fourth amendment, it seems like he can walk on his toes to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. That's concerning, uh, but that's not abnormal for a conservative justice. Unfortunately, that just seems to be the way it is. And that's why a lot of the times in Fourth Amendment cases, we have, um, you know, we really root for the liberal justices. Yeah. Uh, so that could be a, a problem. Another problem is deferring to um, states' exercises of authority. This is something that Kennedy had a huge problem with, and I expect that Kavanaugh will will pick right up with that. I mean, as we remember, Kennedy um, sided with the like made the majority in Kilo. He was the final vote that um, upheld ridiculous um, eminent domain actions. Kavanaugh is going to be an issue there, you know, as far as what the states can tax. We're going to see a lot, lot of developments after the South Dakota v. Wayfair decision. We're going to see a lot of developments in states trying to tax activity that happens online outside of their states. And with somebody like Kavanaugh, who might want to let the states, you know, give the states a little leeway, that could create huge problems for our national market. I think we need to look there, too. And the final thing that I would, I would say to pay attention to is, uh, now there was some stuff, it, it's been a little bit of hysteria about him referring to the executive and how he may have written, a, he wrote a law review article basically saying the, the president shouldn't have to worry about uh, criminal charges for executive action. He didn't actually, he, he, he was saying that that could be enacted by law. Um, and that was written in 2009. So it's not like he's saying that, you know, the president should be a king and then and, and the king always wins. But it does show that he may be a little bit on the side of uh, 
of just kind of like waving the hand at, at whatever the president wants. He does believe in separation of powers, but the question is how you define those powers. I think that his view of the executive of the president branch might be a little bit more expansive than some people might be ready for. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, so I know one issue that is going to be just massively important that's coming up. I'm not sure if this is going to be before or after. Uh, you, may, you may actually know the answer to this. I'm not sure if it's going to be before or after Kavanaugh uh, is confirmed. Um, mm -hmm. But the uh, civil asset forfeiture case, I know that the Supreme Court is going to be taking up. Um, right. Is Is that something that... Or is that, or cases like that, something that should um, should really worry some you know, civil libertarians uh, who who care about you know, the Fifth Amendment and and due process and uh, and property right. rights? Is is that something that we should worry about with 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 Kavanaugh? I mean, we should absolutely be worried, regardless of who it is, because they're very important decisions to be made. Right. right. Um, you know, the question is is. And here's the other big thing is to get on the Supreme Court, you really have to keep your nose clean. And Kavanaugh did a great job of doing that. We, you know, here's the other thing. We really don't know how this guy really feels on some very important issues because a lot of Supreme Court justices, they change their tune once they've got that lifetime appointment. You know, that's true. So yeah. we can't, we can't say for sure what's going to happen there. I have a little bit of cautious optimism there. I think in, in that situation he might have given us um some good little leads to chew on but we won't know and i, I don't remember whether whether or not that'll be before or after um, I, I just don't know that off the top of my head yeah but i think that we have a like i was saying some space for cautious optimism there uh and and as we always should but we should always be doing our best you know like um civil libertarian interest groups need to write good briefs for those cases we need to really convince the judges because that's something that i don't think it's a close issue uh but you know the mainstream uh judges might disagree mm -hmm. so it, we really need to put in a lot of work there and make sure that we get uh good results because these are, that these decisions that are coming up soon are going to be very generation uh defining sure. as far as our national market goes the interstate taxation civil asset forfeiture that, that's big stuff that's coming up mm -hmm. and so we got to be very careful um one of the issues that just everyone on both the left and the right that has been talking about that i've really been confused as to why they've been talking about this because it didn't seem like it was a reason why trump picked him but uh, roe right. versus wade um, was a big issue. Is that like everyone on the left is is shouting doomsday? It's going to end. Everyone right. on the right is shouting praise. It's going to end. But I just right. I just don't see, regardless of like what my what my personal opinions on it is, I don't see how that is going to be a big issue in the near future. No, it's not. Uh, and it takes more than replacing Kennedy even. And I, I don't know if it's just because he's Catholic that they're, that they're saying that that's going to be an issue or not. But, I mean, first of all, the first thing I like to say to those people, just because it it kind of blows their mind, but the fact is that Roe versus Wade was basically overturned 25 years ago. That's not the case that we're dealing with now. The, the main case on the issue is Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Mm -hmm. To get to that point, to get that point between to the Supreme Court, one, you'd have to have a state make a law that was implicating, you know, the, the right 
the, the right structure that we have now, enforce it against somebody, have that person, you know, fail at litigation up at the Supreme State Supreme Court level, then get it to the Supreme Court and have three justices that would, you know, at minimum agree to rehear the case on the, I mean, and agree that they're going to overturn it. I mean, that's something that I would think that if, if it went, if it was decided incorrectly at the state level it would just be a summary reversal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's just not, that's just not something that's in the window. You, you know, I don't know how overnight these people have managed to manufacture abortion access as the most, like the most pressing right issue that we have facing our legal system right now when it is just not in the books. Yeah. It's just not in the car. It, it's, it, it, I, I feel that these people should be, you know, worried about their credibility when they're saying things like this, because it doesn't take much to, to see that this is not an issue. Right. I feel like a lot of people think that the Supreme Court acts in a way like Congress, where they can just right. bring up any issue that they want and lay it on yeah. the floor and have a vote on it. But that's yeah. not at all the case. It has to go through no. such a agonizing and, 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 and excruciating process to actually yeah. get to the Supreme Court, and that's just not in the foreseeable future. It could be, um, you know, years down the road, but just right now, that's that's not what we're looking at. I don't even, I believe, I, I read this somewhere that Trump didn't even ask um, Kavanaugh about his opinions on abortion. That's how insignificant yes, that issue it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not terribly relevant, and because all—I mean, what I could see—and this is something that you know—if you—if this is a really your big issue, which it is for a lot of people, what yeah. I could see is states um, having, you know, in the foreseeable future, having some some additional restrictions upheld uh, at the Supreme Court level if it got there, like you know, weird stuff, like like if if Georgia or Alabama said that you know, like you need to have. Uh, you know, three exams before the equinox, you know, like some stupid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, roadblock like that. But I would say, generally speaking, uh, first trimester abortions are, are not in hot water right now. And, and like I was saying, you have to replace, I mean, you'd have to, you have to put three Amy Barrett's on the court, Yeah, you know, for, for this to be something that that was going to be summarily reversed and then also remember it's like you were saying this they're not congress it's not like if you and i were litigating a copyright dispute the supreme court can't just say you know one of us wins oh and also abortion can now be yeah. regulated you know, yeah this this has to be uh, litigated and briefed by the parties they don't right. get to ju- that's why we have dicta in cases that's because that's why the supreme court likes to give hints when they're feeling a certain way because they can't just they can't just do that, which I think is a, a beauty of, of our system that should be celebrated. Um, whenever Kavanaugh was um, was nominated by Trump, whenever he he did eventually announce it, um, the there the, there were protesters on the on the foot of the Supreme Court, and they had pre made <laughs> um, yep. they had pre made signs saying stop, and then fill in the blank essentially you know they right. had all all the uh potential all the potential yep. uh, justices um <laughs> what what i think is... there's a letter that leaked too that had the blank unfilled yeah yeah um, they, like, they kept yeah. the x's in there <laughs> yeah with, yeah and uh and i think it was like the new york times or, or somebody like that ran an article talking about kavanaugh but it wasn't kavanaugh on the yeah yeah so 
I guess what what, I, what I'm getting at here is, do they not understand that they are hurting their own cause by trying to create this uh, artificial outrage before they even know what they're getting upset about? Well, look, they're. I don't know if they are. Because here's the thing, they're not trying to win you and me. Right. This is political theater. They want their votes. And the people who vote for them are the people who are concerned about these issues. And so when they press these issues to the front and act as if they are, you know, the frontline infantry in this new war against access to the abortion, that, that this war that, I mean, like, I don't see it happening, but, you know, maybe, you know, what do I know? But if they act like that, it gets them points with their base, politically with their voter base, and you know, for New York Times or whatever with their subscriber base. This is what people want to hear. They knew about it. They had pre-written statements that, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to force this issue, and our people are going to eat it up. It's just like people on the right like being thrown red meat. People on the left like being thrown their steaks too. Sure. You know, that's all it is. It's sure. it's just theater. And I, I guess I could understand that if uh, if they weren't so sloppy about making it overly apparent that that's exactly right. what they were doing. Like, you know, how hard is it to change a featured image on an article to <laughs> make sure it lines up with the person that you're talking about or, right. or you know, filling in the name well, of, mean, of the blank? This is, I mean, but this kind of gets to the thing I was saying earlier. In my ideal world, uh, it wouldn't matter you know, if you put the wrong image, because right, right, the, right. The, the office of the Supreme Court would be so like would be something that was so irrelevant to the average person, you know, it, that they are just faithfully applying the law. And it's not a political appointment. We don't need to have all of this um, drama about it. Of course, that's not the world we live in. But I mean, does it I mean, come on, does it really say anything against their arguments that they got the picture wrong or that they put the wrong name? No, they're attacking ideas here. And that's what that's what their supporters, that's what their area wants to hear. That they want to hear, they want to agree with stuff. And you know, if it was if it was something like I'm a huge gun rights guy, yeah, I am very quick to forgive typos, you know, in in pro gun articles when I see them. Yeah, yeah. but I am very quick to, you know, to ridicule somebody for mislabeling an AR-15. You know, this is just <laughs> this is just how it is. Yeah. I, so my final question here is that um, with the Supreme Court ruling the way that that they do, and and it feels like the stakes are incredibly high every election, it could turn the balance right. of the court, um, and the focus doesn't seem to be on Congress nearly as much as what it should be. Um, I feel <laughs> like if if you just had the right laws being passed through Congress, then the Supreme Court would be really a non-issue. Um, is that something where you see that Congress needs to to have a lot more power put back into it, so that way the Supreme Court can have a lot more power taken away from it? Well, so I'd be very, very resistant to the way you frame that. It is one, I would never say Congress needs more power, but I mean that's just an ideological point. Right. Uh, but and and it's it's that their powers need to be properly interpreted as they are written. That we don't need shifts of power. We need a correct reading of the law that we have, which is the Constitution. We need a proper constitutional system that is healthy and functioning. Um, but I, as for you know, just this isn't just a matter of Congress though. The reason the Supreme Court is so important is because I mean, while Congress does they screw up 
seemingly perpetually. And so we do always have federal laws before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the final say on constitutional violations by state and local government, too. You know, and that's incredibly important. I'm a native Floridian. Uh, I saw this uh, this term. Uh, Lozman take the city of Riviera Beach to the Supreme Court for a second time over abuses they've made. And and I saw him win. That was important. You know, it, it's it's incredibly important for everybody that the Supreme Court correctly interpret the law. So I, I do think that if, if you know, one side uh, politically is, is seeming to consistently put forth judges that imagine justifications for law as, as opposed to being able to point to a textual reason for that, I'd say that's actually a good reason to have it be a political issue. Uh, Matthew, I appreciate you coming on uh, and taking your time out of your day to come on the program here. Uh, I think this is a really, really important issue that, uh, that, that we needed to discuss here on this program. Where can people find uh, more out about you on social media, online, and where can people find out more um, about these issues specifically pertaining to the Supreme Court? Okay, so I can be found on Twitter at uh, Matt Law at Law. That's M A T T L A A T L A W. Um, you can, if you Google my name, Matthew LaRosier, you can find my articles that I've written on uh, the Young Voices website, and I've done some media and stuff about this and other issues. Uh, as far as being aware in the Supreme Court, uh, if you're very interested, SCOTUS blog is a great resource to uh, to read and and be aware of what's going on, and um, I've been a, a a member of the Federalist Society. I think that they put out great articles. If if that you know can sometimes be well, that can be a little bit ideologically charged. But I think that you know uh, I think that's a great resource to have if you're if you're more of a uh, you know if you're not that into the law itself. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, thank you again for coming on the program and for everyone listening. You can follow me at Caleb Franz. You can follow the show on Twitter at Milliberty. Uh, and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so that you will never miss an episode nor an update. And until next week, we'll see you.